in the bag with Unc and Adam. I guess this is episode, what, what do we call it, 1.1. We did a collaboration recently. Let's go with two. Let's go with two. Let's okay. go with two. This is, this, is, this, is, this is our second time together. First time under this title, but second time together. So we don't want to not count the pilot episode. It was a good episode. It was I a thought. great episode. And so, as you can probably tell by the title, it's going to be mailbag heavy. We want to hear what CU fans want us talking about uh, on these episodes, and uh, I'm excited for it. I think that we got some good questions for the first one, and a, a couple that they are going to uh, keep you on your toes, I think. Well, I'm going to tell you why I'm excited. One, I love engaging with the fans, and then two, I have not seen these questions. So this yeah. is... This is it's on, as they say. Well, I apologize in advance. Oh, no. this is the, like, I learned this from Coach Prime. He never gets his questions in advance because he just wants it to be from the hip what he's thinking. So here it is, man. Whatever questions you got from our fans out there, they're about to get Uncle Neely's answers. So they're almost done with their seventh week of winter strength and conditioning under mm-hmm. Coach Mo on the pregame show, which you are – do you call yourself the publisher, CEO, founder, all, that's all, all the above? All that applies. You've done some really cool features on the assistants in Coach Mo's staff. Uh, I'm curious if you have had any overarching takeaways from those features you've put together. A couple of them come to mind. One, they're all winners. They have all been a part of winning programs and not winning programs where they were hired and the programs were already great. Uh, so they have gone into programs turned around the strength and conditioning portion of it and created champions, and now they're here. Uh, you know, uh, Coach uh, uh, Rendrick was from Clemson, you know, and, you, you know, they, they're winners. Uh, Coach Moe is from, uh, from Georgia. They're winners. He went to Jackson State. We were winning there. So one of the takeaways I love about this strength and conditioning staff is they know what it takes to become a champion in December, and that starts in January and February. And it's cool that folks get a, an inside look at these guys where I think in a lot of programs, they're, they're kind of behind the scenes in here. You know, they, they get to, to shine and uh, we love collaborating around here. You've been on uh, the DNVR podcast a bunch. And recently you were talking about Trevor Woods kind of ingraining himself in that linebacker's room. I, that, I know that was a hot topic on our message board because folks weren't sure if he was going to move back to safety or if linebacker was going to be a permanent change. I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on, on him uh, making that transition. You know, let me, let me protect my answer with this. I don't know if anything is permanent in college football, all right? Uh, because when you go through spring ball and uh, the people who are going to be on the team that have yet to arrive – you know, and you go through summer conditioning, we'll see. But as spring goes, Trevor Woods is a linebacker now, not a safety. Uh, he's in Coach Hart's room. He's working out with the linebackers. He's doing everything as if he was a linebacker. And his football IQ, man, is off the charts. Uh, you know, when you had Shiloh Sanders and Trevor safety, you had two of the more brilliant football IQ guys on the team back there together. Now you're going to have it where Trevor's up a level. You know, and communicating at that mid-level and, and echoing calls to the D-line. I'm looking forward to people saying he's small and need to put on some weight. I think he would agree with that, too. But I also think his smarts makes up for that. You know, he knows where to be, how to get there, and protect himself and, and still lay a boom. That's a tough transition to make mid-season like he did last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody could have expected him to play at an all-conference level. So I'm, I am anxious to see if, if that's the, the focus, how this looks going forward. And um, that is a position that you, you kind of look to and go, we, we need a couple guys to really step up to mm-hmm. fortify um, that group. And safety's 
pretty solid, especially it sounds like Carter Stoutmeyer is going to move back there. Uh, there's uh, quite a bit of talent in, in the secondary, and if Trevor Woods his body can kind of hold up to the rigors of playing linebacker. It seems like uh, that, that would be a good fit for what this team needs. Yeah, you know, he's, he's really much like Shiloh. He doesn't mind hitting somebody, you know, and no one ever looks at Shiloh and says, oh, he needs to put some weight on, and they're relatively the same size. Uh, I just think it's what you're used to seeing on, on tape for them or, or not seeing on tape. Uh, but I think that what you're going to find with this locker room uh, for 2024 season is Coach Prime and his staff putting people in the best positions so they can succeed. I saw this happen at Jackson State with Coach Prime. A guy named uh, James Houston comes from Florida, and uh, he was a linebacker. And they were like, no, man, you need to be an edge rusher. He fought it, fought it, fought it, didn't want to do it. Acquiesced, said, okay, I'll give it a try. Went to the Detroit Lions, drafted, you know, because of what he, his numbers that he put up in the swag just by changing positions. He was lost in the shuffle at linebacker. I think you're going to see that kind of thing with, with Trevor Woods and other guys who are switching positions where they may have been lost in a room, but you see a skill set in them that can translate to another position on the field and they blossom. Well, this is a mailbag show, so let's dive into it. Let's get it. in the bag, man. Aaron Lot 303, he gets preferential treatment. He runs our Buff Stampede tailgate. So I move his questions right to, the, to the top of the line. Uh, he asked, what position battles slash group are you most excited for this spring? Offensive line seems like the easy answer here, but maybe you both will surprise me. Well, he said, we, I, now I feel like I can't pick the old line because he <laughs> kind of called that out there. But uh, is there a... a position battle or group that, that you're really anxious to where were your eyes going that for that first day I've got two and neither of them the O-line and the reason I'm not picking O-line is I think that we are so clearly better now than we were last year with the guys who have come in that it's going to be an improvement what I'm looking for is that battle for leadership on the defensive line uh, because now you've brought in some guys uh, that really know the game from a cerebral standpoint, just as much as Shane Cox does. And he was the default leader last year in that room, on the field, communicating, extension of the coach. But I think you got some guys here now that are not just going to say, hey, let's all just follow, follow Shane. I think they're going to battle for it. My other group is the wide receivers because there's so much talent there. Uh, and how that translates to Coach Shermer's personnel groupings. You know, because at some point you want to put your best 11 guys on the field, and that may mean not having a tight end because you're so deep at receiver. So I'm, I'm looking for the wide receiver room and the D-line is where I want to see what happens in April. I like it. I had a couple more I jotted down. I'm anxious to see how the quarterback depth behind Shador shakes out. One. You've got Ryan Staub coming back and two transfers that have come in. And, um, you know, what, what, what does that – the, the hierarchy of that look like coming out of spring ball compared to, you know, I think going in, I would imagine that it's pretty much wide open behind Shador with, with, with those guys. Let me tell you how much I like your answer. I want to fist bump you on it because you have to remember after that Utah game, particularly it's got to be Staub as, as two if you're just walking in. But these other guys, much like the defensive linemen, the new guys, they're not just going to fold and say, okay, Staub is yours. What I love more than anything about this QB room is not necessarily – you know, okay, who's going to actually play because, God forbid, we know we want two playing every game, every snap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what it means at practice, man, you know, to have a quality backup quarterback and one under him so you can have two or three practices going at the same time, you know, one giving that scout team look, the other, you know, getting good reps with the wide receivers so they're all working out so your start is not just grinding every damn practice. 
we got some quality QBs in that room that are more than capable of delivering that for us. And Coach Prime tell you, if he don't see it in practice, you'll never see it in the game because you're not getting out there. Yeah, another position battle that I'm anxious to watch is cornerback, that, that cornerback spot opposite Travis Hunter. I uh, Every year before spring ball, I, I title it the way too early depth chart predictions because I know that it's <laughs> – it's too early to do. But we got to have some content. You exactly, got to put it. Exactly. We're hungry, man. Feed the people. And at cornerback, I sat there for a while, and then there, there's like four or five guys that yeah. I could make a, you could make a case for right now. I agree with that. Uh, and so to see, uh, you know, people can't write off an Amarian Cooper. I mean, he was a, somebody that showed a lot of aggressiveness last year. Mm-hmm. Has that sense of urgency, um, and uh, you know, Cormani McLean now knows what it's like to be a college student mm-hmm. athlete. And for some people, they, they can uh, bridge that gap a little bit quicker. Some guys, it, it takes a, a sure. semester or so. And so uh, to, to see what he looks like in that position. DJ McKinney was somebody that uh, our Oklahoma State writer was like, this is a guy, this is, was the most devastating transfer loss that the Cowboys had t- to the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, and where does Preston Hodge fit in? And there, there's a lot of pieces uh, at that position. And uh, you know, only so many guys you can put out there uh, sure. on game day. And don't forget, you're getting over the injury bug. I know you just talked about uh, Stottmeyer at safety, but mm-hmm. has played some corner. Uh, he is coming back from that surgery and getting good work. So he's a guy that can move around in there. You're going to have a healthy Travis Jay this year. He's a guy that can move around. We got a good – Coach Mathis has a good problem in his room. He's got talent. He's got depth. Now that we see who's going to be on the field for defense and also go out there for special teams and, and make things happen there. Definitely. All right. Next question is from Rob O. He asked, does Neely feel this team will be better at reaching, at uh, reacting to adversity? And if so, why? One, I do believe we will be. And the first why is because of the time we have spent together. Last year's team, you probably had about two different three-month periods. Uh, you had strength and conditioning in January, February, March, going to the spring game. Team totally changes again, coming back May to get ready for fall ball in August. So with whichever group you count, you never had a true team that got nine months of working together. This team is getting nine months of together before we have North Dakota State coming here. So I'm checking the mark there. I'm also going to say that every unit on this group and on this team, every room on this team, Every individual player position on his team has upgraded since last year. Shadur Sanders is a better quarterback today than he was November. Travis Hunter is better at what he does today. All the way down the line, our top guys, mid-level guys, whatever, have all upgraded in their skill sets throughout this offseason. We're absolutely going to be better should adversity come. But here's the curveball, Adam. We're so damn talented now, we might not ever get adversity. We may not have these triple overtimes at midnight again. You know, we, we, that may be out of our system. Yeah, I think we just all hope there's not another 29-point uh, uh, comeback from the, from the other team, I think. Not at midnight. <laughs> OMG, you're dumb, asked. How quick can we expect before the new offensive line gels? And along those same lines, Ugly Rat asked, what are your early thoughts on Phil Lode Holt? So 11 of the 13 scholarship offensive linemen on the spring roster, Neely, They've started at the college level now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that percentage a, a year not. ago. Absolutely not. Coach, that, that helps, right, in terms of guys you have to, gelling quicker yeah. because they, they're not so wide-eyed themselves with what they're dealing with because they've gone through that, yeah. a lot of them at the Power 5 level. And so I, I, I feel like 
that process uh, gets accelerated when, when you have that experience. I totally agree. Before I dive into that answer, shout out to those two screen names, though. <laughs> like, 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 OMG, you're dumb. Yeah. Like, you got it. Come on, man. And what was, what was the one? That we, was, we, we, we didn't get one from him this time, but one of my favorite is Catnip Lover 420. Come on, man. So <laughs> before I can even think about the O-line chemistry, shout out to the screen name. Yeah. When you walk through this building, Adam, and you see, you know, Jordan Seaton and Khalil Benson hanging out together, you would think they have been playing together since they were six years old. You know, they, no one on this team, offensive line specifically, looks like they just met. You know, they have already jailed. They've come up with this mantra of DT2, don't touch two. Uh, they, they eat together in the cafeteria. They walk together on campus. They're working out, pushing each other in the weight room. I can't believe in February how much chemistry this O-line already has. So I think we have to answer that question before we play a game. You mentioned Jordan Seaton. He picked the right school. He is so comfortable on camera with you guys. <laughs> it, it's awesome to see. He, 18 year, I would imagine he's 18, yeah. 19 years old. Like, you shouldn't be that comfortable. His in this personality setting. is through the roof. And uh, as I said on other shows, such as DMVR, this guy doesn't get the credit and accolades that he should be getting. I know he gets them because he's a five-star announced on ESPN. I get all that. But to be that big, that agile, that fast, that personality, that type of leadership at that age, he is way beyond what we're thinking he is. He looks like he's a junior or senior in college when he navigates this building. Yeah, and some of the, the, the footage you guys have put out there of him running those cone drills, that's... Let's see. Somebody that size should not be able to do no. that. No. All right, next question is from Nepper. He asked, any surprises coming out of winter conditioning? Who has put on the most muscle? Who has impressed the staff with their incredible increase in strength, agility, speed, etc.? Any freshman taking a big step? Obviously, early on those freshmen. Um, but anything that, that has kind of jumped out to you from witnessing the, the winter conditioning? The overall strength of the team. Uh, this time last year when you took our measurables and compared them what the pack was known for or national championship standards, we were well below at every position, uh, and even in the trenches, well below the averages. This group here came in in shape and strong. Tyler Brown, who didn't get a chance to play last year, is stronger than he was at Jackson State. Uh, you look at Chief from Houston and the weight he is either squatting or putting up in a number of reps. Uh, Bentley at linebacker, you know, he did 36 reps of 225. Mm -hmm. Like, that's going to blow out the combine this year. Like, these guys are strong, man. So I don't have, like, a necessarily this person, that person, but when you look at the overall totality of the strength and conditioning program and how strong these guys are compared to where we were at this point last year, it's not comparable. And I just realized we kind of skipped over the question about the load holds. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, yes. I, I'm curious. I mean, again, I think you get a lot, you get to know these guys a lot more once you get into sure. practices. But at this stage, has anything stood out to you? Uh, you know, you're, you're right. You, you really don't get to know them until they're out there, quote unquote, coaching, right? Uh, but I have had the chance to feel, to spend some time with Coach Phil Lowholt in his office just shooting the breeze, had lunch together just today. Uh, his personality, his uh, ability to reach the players and communicate with them, uh, his experience in the NFL, uh, whether it was working or, 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 or playing, uh, his experience at Power Five in coaching, I think is translating wonderfully to them. Uh, these guys get it. They don't want to let him down. Uh, he got on their butts a little today about, you know, what they were doing in the strength conditioning room. Like, hey, don't just because you want to tug a war, that don't mean nothing. Like, keep keep going. 
Uh, he's, he's already pushing them as much as coaches, the football coaches can push at this point in the season, you know, really just observers during the strength and conditioning phase. Uh, but he, he's another one, man. He's just like his players. He walks through the building, and you, you think he's been here a couple of years. He doesn't look lost. He doesn't look like he's not ready for the moment. Uh, he understands that the O-line was the problem last year, right? You know, that you can't have your quarterback getting sacked 50-plus times. He is already of the mindset that ain't happening. Like, it ain't going to be us. <laughs> like, you won't be able to point the fingers at the O-line this year and say if only they didn't fill in the blank. So I, I'm loving him. Speak softly and carry a big stick. Is that, is that Phil Lodeholt? And, man, he looks like he can still play. Like, the dude is he's long, man. Like, he's a big guy. <laughs> He, he was actually committed here briefly as a high school recruit. Really? And then ended up going the junior college ranks yeah. and ended up at Oklahoma and all no, that I didn't stuff. know that, man. It's crazy how, you know, uh, life can take you these different places. Because, yeah, he, he was in uh, a Colorado high school. I'm blanking on the name of the high school. It was a smaller school yeah. uh, as a prep star. So it's cool he's made it. He, ain't a small, he, ain't, he might have went to a small high school, but he ain't a small <laughs> dude. He's a big boy. All right. Next question is from J.K. Buffs. He asked, with CU now recruiting a much higher caliber of athlete under Coach Prime, mm -hmm. what requirements have been put in place to let a guy like Dylan Edwards compete in two sports? Does Uncle Neely envision this is going to be a trend going forward? It's absolutely going to be a trend. Uh, organizations take on, the, take on the characteristics of his leader. How many sports did Deion Sanders play? <laughs> you know, he not only played baseball at college and I know we don't have a baseball team here right now but they're working on that uh, he ran track in college he played football in college he has reached out to coaches particularly track coaches and said hey man you know I got fast players use them uh, and even when Dylan Edwards went over he called a track coach and said hey you know I got guys fast just as fast or faster than him use them he encourages playing other sports uh, he encourages off-season conditioning, keeping your body sharp by doing diverse things, not just you know playing football all the time. That's what got him you know to the Hall of Fame. Uh, so I think that you're going to see not only more athletes such as a Travis Hunter who are interested in coming here because they can play on both sides of the ball. You're going to see more athletes interested in coming here so they can do other things as well. Jackson State, he had a guy playing receiver and playing basketball. And it's important to point out that he's still doing – his conditioning with the football team. You and, see him in your And your kicking video. butt doing yeah, it. So. Like, I think he's gotten faster from the track team. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, this is not one of those things where it's diminishing or taking away from football. There have been uh, some other guys at CU, Mark Perry, Demetri Stanley, Isaiah Oliver, Aaron Hagler, Patrick Carr, and Christian Shaver that have, have done this as well. So it's kind of the one sport you can pull off yeah. for, from a timing calendar standpoint when it comes to football. So, uh, no, I, I, I think that's great that that's encouraged out of these guys. The next question comes from OBD Bozo. He asked, what kind of running game do we expect with a Pat Shermer offense? Will we see Shadour behind center more often? I don't want to give away everything that's being worked on installation-wise, but I think we're going, to have, we're going to have a run game, right? And I think you can expect to see uh, Dylan Edwards more in space versus up the middle. I, th I think you're going to be able to see uh, Alton McCaskill really contribute. He's another one of those guys that the injury is completely behind him. Uh, and I think that uh, Savion Wilkinson is going to be that bowling ball. Uh, so it's a three-headed monster right now. I don't know who gets the lion's share of, of carries because Dylan is probably going to be catching just as much as he getting pitched to or handoff to. But I like our running back room. They work hard. They push each other. They challenge each other. 
Uh, and I think under Shermer's creativity, you'll see them more utilized than we did last year. And Alden McCaskill hosted a live on YouTube and he didn't give away any big secrets, but it did mention that there are new run concepts. That oh, absolutely. You seem absolutely. About. Yeah, I'm, I'm smiling. They're creative. Uh, I think that people are going to be impressed that we're not just passing the ball 50 or 60 times. You know, we're going to we're going to do something this year that we didn't couldn't do last year. And that's control the clock when we would get these leads or be in games with the run game and, and be able to extend drives and keep the other team's offense you know, on the bench. I think we're going to definitely be more creative in the run, deliberately running the ball this year compared to last year. All buff, no fluff asked Xavier like Weaver. Another good one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He asked Xavier Weaver has been invited to the combine. Mm-hmm. Will he perform himself as a day two, three or undrafted free agent? Will anyone from last year, surprise at Colorado's Pro Timing Day event and get drafted. Uh, yeah, Zay Weaver, he's one of 39 receivers that were invited to the mm-hmm. Combine. and uh, Man, he's just a very steady player. I don't know what the receiver depth is in the draft this year. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, I do know Zay has been in the building some, this, this strength and conditioning program, getting himself ready for the Combine and whatever drills he's going to participate in. Uh, I saw Mel Kuyper put out a list you know, of who he thought was going to go when and where. Uh, and so I like Zay Weaver. Coach Prime called him a pro from day one, that, you know, he can be a guy who plays on Sunday and has an impact. You saw the impact he had here in just, you know, one season. Mm-hmm. Just think if we would have had two seasons, the numbers he could he could put up. Uh, I, I believe he's going to be drafted. You know, what round, I, I don't know. Uh, but I think he brings enough to the table, put enough on film, this year with Shadour Sanders that there's going to be a team out there interested in him. In terms of a guy that, that could kind of emerge, Jordan Dominic is the first name that pops in my head. Yeah, saw him in the building yesterday as well. You know, he's, he's, he's training in this area and getting ready. Um, man, what a name he made for himself last year. Uh, what he put on tape for the pros to look at and the scouts that were coming uh, to watch him in person and practice. I don't think he let anybody down. I don't think any scout came here and left going, oh man, what did we come here for? Uh, I think JD has a future in the NFL as well, and it's looking good. We got another question from All Buff No Fluff. He also asked, <laughs> based on a senior slash grad list and a talent heavy team, how many do you see getting drafted next year uh, in the twenty twenty five draft? That that's tough. I mean, Travis Shadour, obviously. Uh, uh, I, I will say this, Adam. I'm not going to answer as far as a number. Pro day here, I think, is March, March 14th this year, if, if I'm not mistaken. Next year's pro day in Colorado is probably going to be pay-per-view. I mean, it is, it is going to be a madhouse here because the guys that you have uh, that will be transitioning to the NFL and, 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 and be at that status in their game, the number next year is way bigger than the number this year. And they would have been Colorado guys for two or three seasons at that point. So uh, next year's draft class from this school could – could be impressive, man. I think there's 27 scholarship seniors right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, you know, they all got a shot. So it's going to be a big pro day next year. I mean, even Mark Vassida as a punter. Like, you've got yeah. so many guys that have, like, NFL <laughs> yes. aspirations in that yes. 27 group. Great so point with the specialist, man. Like, he, an NFL team would be blessed to have a Mark Vassida on their roster. His placement of the ball and how he can flip the field and his character in the locker room as a team leader. Uh, even with the Aussie accent, you know, he speaks his mind and, 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 and it's entertaining. you got to see his, his, his rap music. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Where, where does he put that out? Well, uh, when we have team functions and it's like a talent show, you know, Mark Vassett like puts on the instrumental. <laughs> he's got bars, man. Is he that he's just freestyling himself? He's he takes he takes Adam's song and does like 85 percent Adam and then 15 percent his <laughs> ad lib. You know, it's, it's killer. We, you, you always need people from Australia around because they just lighten up the yeah, room, and, don't they? And nothing scares them. <laughs> like, hey, there's a rattlesnake. He just picks it up and bites it. <laughs> All right. Dorn09 asked, what are Unk's thoughts on the hit pieces from the local paper? Ooh. So, uh, yeah. Um, now, I could, I could throw it to you this way if you don't want to answer it that way. You have a unique vantage point. I do. You know, I, I guess maybe to answer his question without going after one media outlet, I'm curious, what what have you been your impressions? What, what does that look like from your standpoint? You're behind the scenes, but you're also in those press conferences. So much like Colonel Nathan Jessup, who was played by Jack Nicholson, I'll answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I respect everybody's opinion and their right to have an opinion, right? Uh, and I, I certainly don't take a lot of issue with things on the editorial page. I mean, that's what it's for. It's, it's your opinion. I just know that the guy I work with, the head coach of Colorado football, he keeps receipts. And so when you go out there with a strong negative opinion, you better pray you're right because it's going to be mentioned when you're wrong. And to, here's the wrong with the same intensity that you tried to say something negative about us. Uh, you, sometimes you want to say it's fuel, but the truth is it's not. We're working hard and doing what we do, even if you didn't have a hit, hit piece. But in the back of your mind, you also know I'm going to prove them wrong. Uh, and so it, it's one of those things you almost welcome it, you know, that someone's out there doubting you because you want to prove doubters wrong as well. But we are so internally focused on what we're doing. Guys in the locker room, guys in the coaches' meetings are not walking around talking about, hey, man, did you see what that guy said about us? It doesn't have the impact that the author is hoping it has. It just doesn't. But we still keep receipts. I was impressed with how Coach Prime handled some of the losses yeah. this past season. Because, I mean, especially after the Washington State game, in fact, he had to wait for uh, myself and a couple other reporters to get there because it was a maze and, mm-hmm. and he got lost. And, and he was sick. And he was sick. And – so uh, I was impressed with that. It, and uh, it's good that he keeps us on our toes. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it uh, makes you put more, put more thought into what you're going to ask. And if you don't put more thought into what you ask, you, you call out on it. And that, that's probably the way it, it should be, right? And, and I think those of us uh, in the journalism space, media space, podcast space, whatever your silo is, we forget – that his 14 years in broadcasting were just as successful as his 14 years in the league. Like this is a guy that if he's a hall of fame broadcaster himself. And so he knows tough questions. He got him as a player. He was put in a position position to ask him as a reporter. This is the guy who got Marshawn Lynch to say, I'm just about that action boss. Like people forget that was Deion Sanders interviewing him uh, when that moment happened. So reporters doing their job, don't bother him, you know. Now, he also did pour that ice on Tim McGarver, so you don't want to go too far. <laughs> <laughs> Big Papa CU Buff asked, have there been significant recruiting impact, either positive or negative, to the position coach hires and changes? One example I have seen publicly was a hmm. Sultana wide receiver that was heavily leaning CU until 
uh, recently citing that Brett Bartoloni had moved to the tight ends coach. Thanks. I, I think with the, you know, those hires, uh, uh, the, the proof is in the pudding as yeah. they go through that whole process. But one, one staff addition that you've noticed a big presence on social media is Devin Rispress, mm-hmm. who is, uh, uh, you know, done a good job since he's come on board and has a lot of Florida connections. So kind of falling in line with Big Papa's question here, like uh, I know you've sat down with Coach Rispress, and and I'm just kind of curious uh, your your thoughts on what he's added to the mix in that recruiting space. Well, I'm going to do that, but I'm also going to touch on what they touched on. Uh, If a kid chooses to not come to a school, to come to Colorado because we made a position coach change, God bless you, hope that works out for you. Uh, But I want to underscore that the position changes that Coach Prime has made is more advantageous to players. Uh, you know, you look at Jason Phillips, who's now the wide receiver coach. Uh, Andre Ware, Heisman Trophy winner, mm-hmm. was throwing to him. He's an All-American college receiver. He was leading the nation in receptions, you know, at Houston. Went on to play receiver at the Atlanta Falcons. If you don't want to come and get coached by a guy like that, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. If that's making you not want to, you know, play for somebody, good, good luck with that. Uh, but on to Riz Press, man, his our footprint for recruiting, you know, had traction in Florida because that's where Deion Sanders is from. Our traction in recruiting goes up a notch with Florida because now we play a Florida team. So we get to go into that market and have a game. Bigger than both of those is what Rich Press brings to the table, having worked that market for so many years. Now that you have the portal, even guys that he quote-unquote lost on, uh, they reached, they they will stay in touch with him over the years. So when the portal opens up and they didn't work out of where they may be two years, they're seeing where Rich Press is now. You know, this guy has traction in recruiting. He, he will tell you, I know how to find dogs because I was a dog. I know what I'm looking for. And when you're looking at that Georgia, Florida, Carolina space, I don't know if there's any better in the business than he is just getting players for you. Yeah, and he was uh, a stellar recruiter in the HBCU ranks Mm -hmm. uh, and was not scared to offer kids that already had Power 5, now Power 4 offers out there. And so um, kind of an aggressive recruiter. Very aggressive, and that's what helps him, you know, quote-unquote portal-wise. Guys remember that. Like, hey, man, that was a coach that, that came out to me heavy, you know, when he was at FAMU, now he's at Colorado, and I'm about to hit the portal. There's some connectivity already there. This 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 guy may not be, you know, a household name of recruiting west of the mountains, but when you go to that deep south, when you go to the east coast, people know rest press, man. All right, got a couple more questions let's get them. here. Uh, let's talk about uh, inside linebacker here. Ralphie Chip wanted our thoughts on the inside linebackers room um, and, and mentioned that uh, Bentley's production improved significantly yeah. in the second half of last season. He also uh, said, would be curious to hear Unk compare him to Aubrey Miller. On paper, they had similar careers prior to transferring. Mm-hmm. After watching them both up close, is that the type of leap possible for Bentley or is he just not that caliber of a player? I, I think that... Um our linebacker room under Coach Hart as a group is going to have an impact, uh, particularly what I've been hearing and seeing from Coach Livingston with his defensive scheme, uh, best athletes on the field, putting them in spaces and places that their skill sets shine. And to Bentley, his speed and his strength, his tenacity, his nastiness at the position, his IQ at the position, 
Uh, I think that there there is no ceiling to what he can accomplish here and on Sundays in the NFL. Uh, I think he's going to make a name for himself. I also like what Jeremiah Brown is doing, uh, who came from Jackson State with Coach Hart and Coach Prime. Uh, he is growing up, you know, before our eyes and ready for leadership at that linebacker position as well. And you know what, Adam? Some more are coming in May. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like uh, because the portal is going to open up to non-graduates yeah. April 15th, yeah. sounds like it's going to be a, a fun time out here <laughs> April 27th. I, I think I'm the, smiling. I think, I think the plan is that uh, you're, you're going to have some some talented players from the portal that are going to be on campus. That's why I'm smiling. It's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, we got Bentley, and it is trem- it's not only he's a tremendous player in his current form, he has tremendous upside. But I think uh, somewhere between April 27th and May 1st, he won't be alone. All right, two more. Unblockable asked, big fan of the funny people here. Do you or Uncle Neely see any players with a future in stand-up? Last year, both Bishop Thomas and Shiloh popped out to me. Some fun buffs, trivia, former buff fullback Brandon Schaub went on to fight in the UFC, then went on to become a professional stand-up comedian podcaster after that. Talk about range. Appreciate you guys. And, and <laughs> yeah, to build off that, the J.J. Billingsley was a safety here in the early 2000s. He's a stand-up comedian as well. Yeah. I mean, Shiloh's got to be the number one candidate, right? I think he's, he is, he's so number one, I think the award is named after him, <laughs> and he's no longer eligible to win it. It's, it's, it's the Shiloh Sanders Comedian Teammate Award, you know, because like it's, it's just him, because he doesn't stop. And a guy that doesn't stop, at some point he's going to say something damn funny. Like, it's all funny, but then it's like a home run. Uh, but, man, it's a lot of pro- – Jordan Seaton, man. Like, Jordan Seaton has really uh, impressed me with his personality and humor. And when I factor in his age, it goes up another score uh, because he, he gives people the business comfortably. You know, he, you're like, man, you're joking with that guy already. He hadn't known him but two weeks. You know, but he is, he's confident in who he is. has a great sense of humor, great personality. Uh, and I think some others, you know, are going to emerge. What about Ben Finneseth? Ben is just <laughs> literally out of his damn mind. All right. So when I go to the cafeteria, and as Coach Prime would tell you, neither don't miss no meals, I look to see if Ben is in the cafeteria, and I go sit with him. And what we discuss cannot be aired. <laughs> but Ben is hilarious, man. He look at tears over his laugh because he ate lunch with us the other day. He is, uh, Ben is hilarious. And his delivery, his comedic timing, you know, yeah. There, Khalil Benson, or uh, Khalil, uh, yeah, Khalil Benson. Mm-hmm. He's he's got a good personality he does. too. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Kyrie Mans. He came up to a press conference yeah. with us last year and kind of sized us up with a smile. And it's like, I enjoy the players that are comfortable in that setting because yeah. uh, usually it's kind of an awkward deal. There's yeah. there's kind of this. Yeah, Kyrie's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. Got that New York flavor with it as well. Yeah. Jimmy Horn. He's got kind of a low oh, sense yeah. of humor too. Yeah. But he, you know, and, and Jimmy has a great sense of humor, but can almost be Shadur-like with it, because Shadur is, is funny. But they're so reserved when they don't know you. And then you hear something behind you, look back and see who said it, he's like, Shadur, it was you? Like, like that, was, that was pretty damn funny, man. Uh, but no, Jimmy's a good one as well. That was a good, good one, Adam. All right, we're going to go back to Aaron Lott 303 to close this one out. He asked, will either of you be buying slash actively playing the new NCAA football game when it comes out this summer? Hell, yes. T- two words, tax write-off. <laughs> I love it. Research. Market research. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. going on the taxes. Uh, yeah, I love it, man. We, we've got 
three teenage kids and yeah i think when the the prospect of being able to play as shador sanders or Travis oh Lyons yeah i mean i can be. remember uh playing bill walsh college football you know um and this was way back to i think it might have been in a, a spinning diskette or something and you could pick florida state and there was a guy named number two that it doesn't matter where you put him on the field. Like, he was just – it's almost like the game was rigged. And, of course, that was our head coach, Deion Sanders. Now you you fast forward, and it's literally going to be Shador Sanders, number two, Colorado. It's going to literally be Travis Hunter. Yeah. Like, like, they're going to really be in the game. I can't wait. Now, asterisk to that. What was the, what was the guy's name? Aaron Lot 303. Lot 303. I got to tell you, I'm going to play the hell out of that college football when it drops. But it's immediately coming out of the PlayStation when GTA drops. Because I okay. love Grand Theft Auto more. Okay, okay. But first things first, college football. And then we're going to wait on GTA. Did you see the video that Travis Hunter put up where he was playing as himself yes. in NCAA Football 14? Yes. That, I, I was laughing out loud. Yes. That was pretty funny. I can't wait to, to <laughs> see them here, you know, playing the game. Uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I know we're going to have some content when it comes out and they're here and on the big screens playing as themselves and uh, even having simulation games, you know, against people who are on the schedule. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's, it is going to break all kinds of records and sales. I, I would imagine that they're going to get somewhere in the 90 percent participation rate yeah. across the country. I would I would, I would have. And, and for the 10 that doesn't, they are going to do it next year. Like, They're going to feel left out, yeah. for sure. It's like those four out of five dentists, you know. Come on, man. Where's the fifth dentist on Dentine? You, you <laughs> yeah. know you want to be in. Yeah. So the same thing's going to happen with that. It's, it's going to be 100% as that game develops and comes out. And I'm hearing it's really nothing like Madness's own entity. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like it's going to be, yeah, very independent gameplay. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a long time since I've sat down and played video games. So I did a little bit during the pandemic. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be fun. I am too. Well, that is episode 2.0 yeah. of In the Bag. In the Bag. Now we take these questions out of the bag. So I think in a couple of weeks from now, we're going to do another show. I'm going to be out in Vegas. So I was joking with you. Bummer, it's like, huh? Like, you're mad about that? Yeah. Well, hopefully Colorado keeps advancing so yeah. that... The more work I do out there, the better, because this is a, a good group of, of guys in Tad Boyle's program, and um, they, they need to take care of some business down the stretch because oh, yeah, they're need a little help firmly going, on yeah. the bubble right now. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, but to do a podcast with you, I was joking, that's going to be one less hour at, at the craps table, which will, will probably save me some money. So Hey, Vegas always wins, man. The house is going to win. You, you can win if you know when to stop. It's true. Yeah. All right. Well, that was episode two of In the Bag with Unc and Adam. 2.0. A lot of fun. We should do Enjoy it again. Enjoy this collaboration. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs>